Miss any part of the show? Every moment of every show is available in podcast form by searching Hans and Scotty on your favorite podcasting platform or online at kslsports.com. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone, kicking off your 2 o'clock hour. Big one tonight in college basketball. Utah State taking on Fresno State. I'm here in Fresno. We'll go to Lawrence, Kansas here in a moment and catch up with Greg Rubel as BYU gets set for a showdown against Kansas. And, in fact, Greg joins us right now. Greg, how the heck are you? Hey, Greg. Scotty Hans, hello. I'm well. Good to be with you again. All right, let's let's we'll talk about the game. We'll talk about BYU. But come on, for a selfish moment, you're checking off a, a bucket list item today, Greg. Yeah, it's tough to consider a venue any more famous or iconic than Allen Fieldhouse. You know, you talk about you know famous college basketball venues, and and uh, you know you got Cameron Indoor and, and Rupp Arena and, and Hinkle Fieldhouse, but uh, Allen Fieldhouse I think kind of trumps them all. I, I think the tiebreaker for me, guys, is the fact that you know James Naismith was the first basketball coach at Kansas, and um, he invented the game. So I think that kind of you know if you had any if you had any doubt, I think he kind of nudge he nudge KU a little bit ahead uh, based on that particular tie-in. And uh, Allen Fieldhouse was built in 1955 and still retains pretty much all of its original charm and, and mystique. And, uh, yeah, walking in there last night was, um, you know, one of those, you know, once-in-a-career moments. And, and I've been there a couple times now between last night and today. And what, what a unique and, and just awesome kind of awe-inspiring vibe you get when walking in that gym. Well, serves you right, Greg, and it's kind of fun to watch BYU navigate its way through the Big 12, both in football and in basketball. And this new reality is kind of settling in for you. As you've gone through pretty much this entire regular season, how are you feeling about it? BYU in the Big 12, here you are in Allen Fieldhouse, getting ready to take on Kansas, and, and it just keeps getting tougher and more difficult down the line. What are your thoughts on Big 12 play in the basketball? Well, win or lose tonight, it's, it's been – an unbelievably positive experience. Uh, you know, let's consider football and basketball together for a moment. And we had a great season going through that league. And even though it didn't end well, BYU lost its final five league games. Um, you know, they, they, they showed that they would be a competitive team and, and, and probably should have ended up with a win or two more than they had this past year. Basketball was, was considered at the bottom of the pack. You know, coaches had BYU 13th in the 14-team Big 12. And I think it's, you know, fair to call BYU a lock right now for the NCAA tournament. And, and you know, preseason expectations, I, I thought it would be great if BYU played some kind of postseason basketball in, in year one of the Big 12. And, and they're going to probably bypass the NIT and get right to the NCAAs in their first year in the toughest conference in the country. And, and I think right now it's more about trying to avoid that first day 
of the conference tournament in Kansas City. The bottom four seeds have to play that opening round game on the Tuesday, which is now two weeks from today. And I think BYU is a winner two away, guys, from locking that possibility down. They won't be playing on the Tuesday. You know, one win might do it, but I think two for sure uh, keeps BYU in a top ten position. Uh, there, you know, there, there, there are seven, six, seven teams below BYU right now in the league standings. And so uh, whether or not it comes tonight, I, I think a win or two kind of locks BYU out of that bottom four when coaches had them as a, as a bottom four team when the season began. You know, we talked to Mark Pope a few weeks ago, and he, he mentioned that they understood their limitations going into the Big 12 and said, what can we do to differentiate ourselves? <clears throat> and they adjusted a little bit of who they are offensively uh, with the three-point shooting. Uh, but I think people kind of really zero in on that three-point shooting and yet don't look defensively at what BYU's done. And to me, that's what's been really impressive. If you look at the metrics and you look at the numbers, BYU has just been really good defensively this year. What do you attribute that to? Well, they have been, uh, Scotty, for the last couple of weeks. Um, the defensive metrics have really taken a hit over the last four games. And so BYU's gone from a top 25 defensive efficiency team to around 70th in defensive efficiency over really the span of a couple of weeks. It's been a very recent phenomenon the, the way teams have gotten after BYU. Um, teams are, you know, either individuals are having career days or teams are having their best shooting day of the year. Uh, it's tough to say it's all BYU because BYU's approach has been BYU's approach, but I think there's an element to a, game, a player or a team getting turned on and BYU not being able to turn that team off. Because, again, you, you take a look at the first 20 games, and they were one kind of defensive team. The last four or five games, there are, are you know, 21, maybe six, 22 and five split of games, and things have just gone really sideways the other way in a hurry. The offensive numbers have stayed relatively consistent, but the defense has taken a huge hit. So I can't really say that BYU changed its approach as much as teams and or players, again, have gotten hot, and it's been hard for BYU to cool those particular teams down, and there's an element of momentum to it. You know that basketball – is a sport maybe more than most uh, that, that that when teams get on a roll, um, they they be some become sometimes hard to stop. But that's what BYU's been the last few weeks, the team that's uh, had a hard time turning teams off. But until then, Scotty, the defense was very solid uh, on a par with some of the best in the country. Hmm. Well, Greg, as you know, I'm a man of matchups. I love good matchups, and I love Hunter Dickinson. I love his game, and he is a force to be dealt with. And I love Ali Khalifa, and I love his game and what he brings to that BYU uh, offensive side of the ball specifically. But I want you to talk about this matchup a little bit, the big man matchup and, and what you expect tonight against these uh, this this Kansas team. Yeah, it, it, it's one of the games that, that allows you to zero in on matchups because the contrasts are so stark. Um, you know, you, you dump it into Hunter Dixon, Dickinson, and he'll take the occasional three, but he's there to finish around the rim, and Ali Khalifa is going to do most of his operational work outside of the paint at, at the top of the key. So you look to that, and, and is Hunter Dickinson a guy you want to double? Well, probably because K-State or Kansas does not rely on the three-point shot. They, they don't shoot it terribly. I mean, they're, they're a 35% three-point team, and BYU's a 35% three-point team. But – well, where BYU relies on the three almost more than any other team, uh, KU avoids the three almost more than any other team. It's really, it's really fascinating 
the, the particular numbers between these two teams. BYU has scored the third most or the third highest percentage of points of any team on, on threes. And, and Kansas is, is top ten in the percentage of points that scores on twos. And, and, and they score a very low number of their points on, on threes, whereas BYU is the exact opposite. Now, it's not that BYU is a bad two-point team. In fact, BYU is a top 10 two-point percentage team. But they just rely on it so rarely compared to, to Kansas. In fact, BYU's taken more threes than twos on the year. Guys, BYU's taken more than 400 more threes than Kansas. Hmm. I, I, again, I, I, can't emphasize just, I can't emphasize just how much there's a disparity in, in what they're looking for on the offensive end. KU makes its living on twos, and BYU said he died at threes. And, and the question tonight becomes, can KU live with the exchange rate? Because uh, if you're exchanging twos for threes, that's a losing proposition if the team you're facing has a good night from deep. And, and when teams have had good nights from deep against KU, they've lost those games. Only three teams in the Big 12 all year have hit double-digit threes on Kansas, but KU's lost all three of those games. So if BYU has an, uh, an average night, let's say an average night, and again, for BYU, average is 10 threes in league play per game. If they have an average night, they'll have a shot to beat this Kansas team just because of the exchange rate alone. Hmm. Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of BYU, joining us right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. You know, there's so many aspects to Ali Khalifa's game that is really fun to watch. The assist rate, uh, his ability to shoot, his ability to really project the offense and what he's been able to do this year. What what do you tribute? Is it uh, is it coaching? Is it just God-given talent? What what because it's a it's a unique skill set he brings to the table. What what really jumps out at you in in his development at his time at BYU? Well, it's because it's it's what he does at his size. Uh, again, I tweeted this out yesterday, but he's the only player in the country in the assist to turnover ratio top seventy that's over six five. So so guys his size don't do what he does, and and he you know they they discovered a skill or he discovered in himself a skill at an early age that he refined in Australia. He went overseas to learn the game, has been to another Division one school before BYU. And has kind of set himself apart as as a high IQ, you know, passing wizard. And he does all this without a high scoring game offensively. In fact, the only you know he has very few big games for BYU relative to scoring. Um, he's had literally three double digit scoring games all year. But he can still have a massive impact on the game because of what a unique outlier of a player he is. BYU makes its living on these on these kind of unicorn distinctions. You know, no one shoots as many threes as BYU, and, and there's no big man like Ali Khalifa in the country. So, you know, Mark Pope knew that he had to be different, had to be an outlier to contend in the Big 12, and he did so stylistically, and then he did so individually because Ali Khalifa isn't like anybody else or any other big man playing in the Big 12 and unlike most big men in the country. So I want to talk a little bit about Jackson Robinson and his arc and the the role that he plays. When you're looking at this Kansas matchup, you were just talking about hitting from the perimeter. Does it really come down to Jackson Robinson and his usage and his accuracy, or do you really look across the board? Everybody has to get going. Who is it that kind of leads the charge, and who carries kind of the, the importance to get things going out of the gates? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that you find one alpha on this team, Hans. I, I, I you know, Jackson's had double-figure scoring in in eight of his last nine games. Um, it's not entirely as so goes Jackson, so goes the team. But if he's having a good game, let's put it this way: there's a good chance BYU wins. Um, you know, BYU can kind of win or lose regardless of how Jackson does. But if he's having a good game, you can pretty much expect BYU to win that game. Um, but yet, you know, he, he is a go-to guy who's better off the bench maybe than he is as a starter. In fact, he started for a short time this year while Trevin Nell was recovering from a foot injury, and, and it didn't have the same vibe as it did when he was coming off the bench. So he, he's a unique personality that way. And I do think it is more along the lines of BYU's got to have five or six guys playing well at the same time, you know, to have chances to win. I, I think they're, they're not the K-State team that can ride Arthur Kaluma to a win, okay? Um, you know, it would be nice if Jackson or somebody else became the Arthur Kaluma for BYU and said, you know, we're not, we're not losing this game tonight. I, I'm going to carry you. Well, you know, ride my shoulders and let's go. But I don't think there's a lot of alphas as much as a combination of guys that combine to form, you know, kind, kind of one excellent unit when they're playing well together. And, and I think for BYU, like at many other teams, the formula is five or six guys, five guys in double figures, and, and ride it out from there. Um, but I think, you know, Kansas can be a guy that could, could ride Kevin McCuller before or you know, ride Hunter Dickinson's, Dickinson's double-doubles. And, and BYU's not quite that team. So, and I'm sure you get asked this a lot, I, I just go back to Utah State last year with that Ryan Odom team that had uh, a bunch of three-point shooters, and they – they lived and died by the three. I mean, it was that simple. And and they won a bunch of games and got into the NCAA tournament as an at-large and then had their worst three-point shooting performance of the year against Missouri, and they got bounced pretty quickly. Um, that's just who they were, and we all knew it. If they weren't hitting their threes, they were done. What's your response to if BYU has a, you know, they're on pace for a 6 of 28 game from three-point line. Did you feel like they have the ability to adjust in game to – compensate for that or is it pretty much live or die by the three well i i've never really I, i've tried to not buy into that adage but lately it's been kind of looking that way for byu i say that with a bit of hesitancy because they are such a very good two-point percentage team again they're seventh nationally in two-point field goal percentage so when they have to go to when they have to rely more on on shots inside the arc they can do so but it has to be in conjunction with what they're doing on the arc it's just it's always been that way and will probably continue to be that way for BYU this year because the numbers are just too stark. It's just kind of too obvious right now. Um, you know, BYU doesn't need to be great from three. They need to hit about one of every three threes and take about 30 to 36, 37 threes. And if they do that, they're probably going to be have a chance to win the game. But, but they're 0-6 this year when they're under 32% from three. It's just like, again, if they're having a bad night, they're not going to win. It's just been that way all year. When they get just 32% or better, they're 19-2. and two. And and they have a ton of double-digit three-point games on the year. They, they've made 10 or more threes 18 times. Okay? And, and that's, you know, that's kind of who they are. They've got a tremendous record, 15-3, and three, when they get double-digit threes. When they're under it, they have a losing record. So, for BYU, it kind of does come down to that. You, you, you kind of want to be about, you know, 11 to 14 from 32 to 37 from the field, and that will put BYU in the wheelhouse. But when they're in single-digit threes, 
and and the number of threes doesn't either either get to 30 in attempts or is way too high. Um, it, it's probably not going to be a good night for BYU. Now, granted, they're coming off their worst three-point game of the year, guys. They they were six for 31 in Manhattan, and that was both a season low in threes made and three-point percentage. But if they're if they're on, you know if they're in the 20s, they haven't won a game yet, and and that's just kind of been the formula for BYU. The good old nickel and dimes take you and Mark Durant back to our taco spot. <laughs> we uh, went to a different place uh, in uh, in Manhattan in Lawrence this time. Um, it was a place Nate wanted to take us after the football game, but the line was too big there. He mm. told me, so we went, we went to the taco spot. We went to a place, though, that Nate liked, and that's where we ended up for lunch yesterday. But there I did go, go uh, with uh, Mark Durant and Russ Larson today to a place called the Burger Stand, a place I'd visited last year with baseball. And the reason I like to go there is because they serve poutine. Hans, you know what poutine is? I oh, do. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I believe it's, it's fries covered in uh, gravy. And cheese curds, gravy right? And, 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 and cheese or cheese curds. Scotty, I think you, knew the, you knew that too, right, Scotty? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, so one of the few places you can get poutine. And so the burger stand in Lawrence has, has poutine, and that's where we went for lunch today. And, and they have two serving sizes of poutine. The one is a side serving and one is a basket serving. Well, I don't know what the basket looks like because the side came in a basket and was basket sized enough for me. So um, I OD'd on poutine at lunch today. See, you can take the kid out of Canada. You can't take the candidate out of the kid right there. There you go. That's oh, like, uh, I don't know if you ever watched Parks and Rec, but they had a uh, – they had a thing where they uh, said, this is our child-sized drink. And they're like, what do you mean? That's huge. They're like, yeah, it's the size of a child. And yeah. <laughs> I'm glad Hans asked about food, though, because um, we did a lot of our bonding uh, yeah. at, at, at tables and booths around the Big 12 this past year. So. What's the uh, – where, where was the place where, Hans, you uh, – it was like a, where you broke something or where you were trying to break open – it was like a – what was it that you broke and it exploded? That, that, whenever? That, that's, the, uh, that's the Uncle Julio's chocolate pinata. That's what it is, yeah. Okay, yeah. there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, unforgettable moment for sure. And that's, I, a, that's, a, that's a talk show segment all its own there for hand. <laughs> hey, uh, let, let's get this uh, basketball stuff wrapped up so we can get some spring football going. That's that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, spring to. football starts in, uh, starts in two days. At least it does down at BYU. And uh, it'll be here before you know it as well. But I, I love this time of year because, um, like I said, two, two weeks from today is day one of the Big 12 tournament in Kansas City. And that means that uh, the selection Sunday is just around the corner. And, and, and if you're a BYU fan, you know, how cool would it be for in your first year of the Big 12 to see and hear your team's name on call on selection Sunday. And it's looking like it's going to go that way, guys. I think a lot of stuff would have to happen for BYU to slip away from where it's been um, for the last few months, and that is in the bracket. And so, uh, Scott, as you know, with Utah State, it's always fun to see your team's name uh, penciled in and be able to anticipate the, that day and that draw and, and going to some great venue to play some team you probably haven't seen before. And I, nothing beats March Madness. As much as I love all the other sports, um, the NCAA tournament, its draw, and those weeks ahead are, are unique in, in, in the sporting world in America, and it's a great time of year. Well, Greg, uh, you know, I've uh, this is my I don't know, seventh year, seventh, eighth year. I've called uh, I've called a few games in the tournament, have not called a win. That's uh, that's on my bucket list. And I, I know you've had a, 
a couple trips to the Sweet 16, and uh, I can only imagine how cool that'd be. I'd love nothing more than to call a uh, long run in the NCAA tournament, and hopefully both BYU and Utah State can ratchet up a couple wins this year for sure. But uh, always good catching up with you. Uh, have a great time tonight. And on a personal note, extremely jealous. Enjoy it. And uh, looking forward to catching up again here very soon. Thanks, Greg. Always my pleasure, guys. Uh, Scotty, thank you, Hans. Uh, always good chatting with you. Look forward to being with you again. Yeah, throw a hard elbow on Mark Durant tonight for me, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. You know, it, it's a bad night when Mark takes no punishment from me. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, hopefully he gets battered around a little bit. Sounds there you good. go. There is the man, Greg Rubel, play-by-play voice of BYU. Has he, uh, has he gotten physical with you in a booth? No, like, he... no. No, no, because we're a little bit further apart. Uh, that's he and, true. You got, yeah. he and Mark kind of sit shoulder to shoulder, but we're typically a little ways apart. I, I have thrown a couple pass sets on him. Um, I popped him in the chest a couple of times. But, no, uh, he. I think he did hit me once, kind of the back, back, back part of the shoulder. And thought me pretty good. I was like, ah, there's a little bit of power there. There you go. What, what, what I don't understand, I think that Greg's metabolism must be at record high numbers because it's pretty incredible. I mean, he's on the road, and he he loves food, and he does a really good job eating it. And he stays <laughs> in such great shape. Well, he, uh, dropped, he dropped a bunch of LBs, didn't he? Yeah, he did. And last year at the spring game, uh, talking about spring football, last year at the spring game, he and I were sitting by each other, and he was all sore because he had just run a marathon. And I'm like, jeez, man. Whoa. Like, this guy, he's he's a unique unique cat. Uh, keeps himself in great shape, works his butt off at his craft, and it was eye-opening uh, just running that first year with him, how hard he works at what he does and, and how much he knows. He's He's great, man. I've got the two best partners in all radio in the world, so it's pretty awesome. Hans and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Take a quick break. Come back. Uh, we'll spin the wheel. A little sports roulette straight ahead. This is this is DJ and PK. Ryan Smith, Jazz and RSL owner, join us right here on The Zone. On the local ownership piece, I've been super fortunate to be invited to be a part of a lot of different ownership groups outside of the state of Utah. I'm interested in Utah sports. I'm not interested in Premier League overseas. I'm not interested in hockey teams outside of Utah. If it's in Utah, that's what I care about. And I care about building the brand and being able to tell a good story and do things that haven't <laughs> ever been done here in Utah. Our fan base is fanatical. And that's a good thing. We're fortunate to have people who really care in this state about our sports, and I wouldn't trade that. We know what it feels like to win in Utah. It's better than anything in anywhere else, and there's nothing I want more than to be able to let this fan base have that in everything we do. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 to 10. Presented by Murdoch Chevrolet. Proudly serving Utah since 1926. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. The wheel is loaded, and it's time to talk some sports. This is Sports Roulette with Hanson Scotty on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hands on Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Time for another edition of Sports Roulette. We take some of the big storylines we've not had a chance to get to. We put on a roulette wheel. We spin it wherever that little ball lands is what we end up talking about. But before we spin it, Lloyd, let's, uh, let's take care of some business. It's time to give away some tickets. 
It's a Jazz Ticket Tuesday, and your chance to win Jazz tickets is right now. Be caller number 12 at 801-575-ZONE, and you'll win tickets to see your Utah Jazz at the Delta Center. Presented by UCCU. Love where you bank. Caller number 12 right now. You will win tickets to go see the Jazz in action when they take on the Wizards on March 4th at the Delta Center. 801-575-ZONE will get you tickets. Now, if you don't win them this go-around, we'll give away another pair at 3.30 and uh, a little bit later on in the day as well. So, again, Jazz Ticket Tuesdays, we give away tickets every every hour at 30 past the hour. All right, Lloyd, uh, by the way, Jazz Ticket Tuesday brought to you by UCCU, Love Where You Bank, who also brings you sports roulette. That's right. Utah Community Credit Union, learn and earn with the app paying your family to learn about money, UCCU. So, Lloyd, fire up that will. Private jets. Uh, uh, did you see the Jackson Dart deal, Scotty? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, uh, a big-time uh, NIL deal for the uh, former, what was he, Corner Canyon kid? I believe so. He's somewhere out of Utah and escaped Utah, and he's been with a couple of different programs, but currently with Ole Miss, and he's running his course with uh, a head coach that understands quarterbacks. He knows how to make quarterbacks look good, gives them plenty of options to throw. His last guy, Corral, ended up being a draft pick, and he got plenty of looks and there was a lot of excitement surrounding him. And, and right now there's a lot of excitement surrounding Jackson Dart. You know, they've, they've started their Heisman campaign. And obviously his name was bounced about last year through some Heisman efforts. But this new name, image, and likeness deal is one unlike any other. He signed with Nicholas Air, which is innovative private air travel. Basically, it's a private jet company, and he is their spokesperson. He is their front man, their their model, their representative. And I don't know how much he's getting out of it, but my guess is he's probably flying. He's probably flying in a private jet anywhere he wants at this point. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'd be like, you don't have to pay me a dime. Just let me use the plane whenever I want, and I'll be I'll be golden. That, that Gosh, works for me. Could you imagine? I mean, he's got it all going for him. Handsome kid, big dude, Heisman hopeful, strong in a system that really does accentuate his best attributes. And now he's flying all private air. That's good for him. Don't you think that's weird that we just went from a world in which a kid could get popped for taking a pizza uh, yeah. From a booster to now being able to get private jet service. Well, yeah, it doesn't. And, and as you're saying that, I'm looking at this picture of him walking off of a private jet, and it says Jackson Dart up above the jet, Nicholas Air across the side of the jet, and he's just stepping off those, you know, beautiful fold down stairs off of a multi million dollar jet that he's just getting off of, and it's like. Man, I, I was threatened with my eligibility because I took an old couch from a foot doctor. <laughs> like they were threatening and kicking me out of college football. It's crazy how far it's come. Yeah, it just it blows my mind. All right, Lloyd, spin it. How bad do you want that burger? 
All right. This is not sports-related hands, but I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Um, all right. So let's say uh, you go to Wendy's, and it's you know it's before the show. It's eleven thirty, and you want to uh, you want to grab a burger before the show, and so you get this you know you get a baconator, and you enjoy it, and it's like wow that was a really good burger. I really like that. And you sit throughout the show, and you keep thinking about that burger. And you're like, you know what? I'm going to go hit another one on my way home. So you swing on by to grab your second Baconator of the day. Same exact burger. And all of a sudden, you get to the uh, window, and the little pimple-faced teenager goes, yeah, that'll be um, X amount of dollars. And you're like, well, that's 80 cents more than I paid four hours ago. And the kid's like, well, yes, uh, we've had a run on these burgers, and we're doing this thing called surge pricing where as the demand goes up throughout the day, the price goes up, which is something that Wendy's is actually considering implementing in 2025, a practice called surge pricing, where based on demand and based on availability, prices generated by artificial intelligence can change minute to minute, hour by hour throughout the day. Now, that's ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> that is not needed. That is absurd. If you'd like me to boycott you, do that. Yeah, I won't eat your burgers, man. If I, if I don't know what to expect with the prices, I'm not going to eat your burgers. Just keep your biggie bag and keep your mouth quiet. You don't, you don't need to hit me with instant inflation. Uh, just give me my four spicy nuggets, my little double stack, and my fries for six bucks, and, and let me go on my way. Don't make it six forty-five just because the market said so. I just uh I think you're uh I think you're cruising towards some issues there and you're playing a dangerous game there burger or uh, Wendy's. Uh and I think they do this stuff and they announce these things just to see what the public reaction is going to be and then when they find out that people are going to lose their mind about it then they're like uh yeah about that let's let's not do that cuz people are really upset about that right now. So I would be shocked if this actually happens but still it's a little uh I mean come on uh, and look, this is not uncommon in a lot of things. Like, you'll see this happen in, in games where teams, let's say, you know, your baseball team, you're going to charge more for a series against the Yankees than you will against the Toronto Blue Jays or whatever. Like, the, it, this is not uncommon. But to have artificial intelligence coming in and changing things minute by minute based on your availability seems, seems a little ridiculous in my opinion. And it's <laughs> yeah. not going to end well. No. No, I'm not working that way. No. All right, there you go. Sports roulette right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Um, all right, Jazz and Hawks coming up tonight. Jazz get the win, Hans. Utah Jazz get the win tonight. Yes, no Trey Young. Uh, he's out for an extended period of time. Had surgery on that finger. I think it was his pinky, if I'm not mistaken, it is a ligament, I believe, in his pinky, and he had to have it surgically repaired. So Trey Young will be out for an extended period of time. You know, that really brings you down to Deontay Murray and uh, a small cast of characters there with Atlanta. Quinn Snyder, of course, running the show. I still, that's hard to believe, man. We're two years out of Quinn Snyder, and there's only one player remaining that has any ties to Quinn Snyder or that had ties on that roster to Quinn Snyder. Uh, like when we, when we talked about that earlier, 
Like, oh, it'll be interesting for some of these players. And then we went down through the roster. It's like, wait, what? Wait, it's got to be more than Clarkson. Nope, that's it. That's it. What, that's all there what, is. One guy in a two-year period. That just shows you the complete reorganization from coaching on down, moving on from all-stars, moving on from defensive players of the year, moving on from Cup of Joe, because we all like a Cup of Joe. But oh, yeah. moving one player left from that roster that Quinn Snyder had just two years ago. It's, it's mind-boggling. It's not the, I mean, this is not like this was five years ago. This was a year and a half ago. Yeah, it's not even full two seasons ago. Not even a full two seasons ago. And they've got this amount of changeover. Uh, you know, we were talking to David Locke. What did you think about that whole conversation with conveying that first-round draft pick? Uh, I just... Uh, to me, and and I totally get your perspective on this. I totally get David's perspective on this. Um, you know, you want to maybe push it back a little bit. I just want to rip the Band-Aid off, and I want to be done. Now, look, the likelihood it's going to be a moot point because you're right, there's not a lot of wins left in the season. But in case you don't know what the situation is, the Jazz essentially have with uh, Oklahoma City, or was it Memphis? Why am I spacing the o- team? Oklahoma City. Oklahoma right. City, yeah. It's yeah. Oklahoma City. It's a, it's a, uh, a first round top ten protected pick. Now, if it's eleven on up, then it goes to Oklahoma City. If it's one through ten, it stays with the Jazz. And then next year, it's protected one through ten. And then the year after, it's protected one through eight. And then after that, it'll go to two uh, second round picks. Mm-hmm. To me. No one, you know, I I don't have a lot of faith in this year's draft. I know there's going to be some stars out there. I'd rather just kick it down the curb because I don't want to have any issues with my pick swaps down the line or anything like that. I would rather just rip the Band-Aid off, get it to Oklahoma City, and be done with it, and then move on. But that's just me. And I understand the other thought, well, it could be 11 this year, and it could be 18, 19 next year. Wouldn't you rather have 11 now instead of – uh, you know, losing it at 18, 19, mm. you know, or, or you know, or, and, and, you know, that I, I get all of that. I can see both sides. I'm fine either way, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Jazz are probably going to be picking, you know, 8, 9, 10 when it's all said and done based on yeah, the remaining it, schedule. I think it's out of their hands personally. I do. I think it's out of their hands. I think they're going to be a top 10 pick. And at that point, they don't have the option. That was one of the things that I was confused on because I'd seen uh, some conversation with some jazz fans talking about, well, you want to convey that pick. And it's like, wait a second. Go look at the finishing schedule for the Utah Jazz. And do I need to remind you what the roster looks like since the trade deadline and what some of the outcomes? I mean, they got one win out of what is it, five since the trade deadline or six since the trade deadline? You know, they're, they're struggling to win with this current roster. And it's going to be one of the top four hardest schedules to finish out here. So I think it's kind of taken out of their hands. I don't think they're going to convey. I think it's going to get pushed down the line. I think worst case scenario, Scotty, is if we do see it turn into two second round draft picks. Because then that tells us that we've been dealing in the lottery, oh, <laughs> in yeah. the high lottery for the last three years. And nobody wants to deal in the high lottery for the next three years. You know, jazz, jazz fans have too much invested, man. They, 
they continue to show up. You know, you watch. They'll they'll show up even if even if the Jazz end up going, winning two of the next ten. Jazz fans are still going to be in the Delta Center cheering their heads off. They've got so much invested. So it would be a bad case scenario to see that continue to tumble all the way down to becoming, after three years, becoming a two second round draft pick option for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah. Nope. Spot on. Hanson Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Hey, make sure to catch Def Leppard on the stadium, on the summer stadium tour 2024 as they make a stop at Utah First Credit Union Amphitheater on September 10th. Get your tickets at LiveNation.com or listen to The Zone all day on Thursday, February 29th for your chance to win. It's all right here on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. This is Jake Scott and Ben Anderson. Ryan Smith sent out a tweet, Ben, with a snazzy-looking mock-up. And the tweet says, uh, Downtown Salt Lake City is the heart of Utah. Our efforts are not about an arena. It's about revitalizing a downtown that desperately needs investment. Imagine a downtown experience like this with the NBA slash NHL at its core. It's exactly what everybody wants to see, is an arena in downtown Salt Lake City. Salt Lake still feels a little quaint. It hasn't quite developed into this, this major metropolis that other downtown areas have, where even like Denver is far more bustling. And bustling is what people want. I mean, the Red Rings look great. And I think an NHL or Major League Baseball team, for that matter, in this community would be incredible for everyone. Now, I don't know if I totally buy into Ryan Smith's downtown slander, but would it benefit from something like this? Absolutely. Here, Jake Scott and Ben Anderson every day from 10 to noon on 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Dan Sultan and Scotty Chin. Chin, Chin. That's right. Yeah. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Standing here beside you, want so much to give you this love in my heart that I'm feeling for you. All right, wrapping up another edition of the show. Hanson Scotty have a little college hoops BYU big one against Kansas Utah State here in Fresno California lovely Fresno uh, where I'm at right now we'll have that game for you a little later tonight eight o'clock tip 7:30 pregame and of course jazz basketball as well as they take on the Atlanta Hawks but uh, hands you're back in uh, one of our favorite places our guy Jake finally they've let him out after getting barked at getting yelled at getting waterboarded for uh, giving $2,500 off, but it still stands, right? You standing your ground, Jake? It still stands. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they definitely ripped me in the back office and said, you cannot offer that. And I said, well, I did. So now it's out there. So let's go. That means Jake is going to be taking $2,500 off his paycheck when <laughs> you buy a car from Jake. <laughs> Jake's over here taking bullets, but it's okay. It's worth it. Hey, tell me what car this is. $200 a month. What car are we talking a about? CX-30. That's yeah. a great vehicle. Yeah, absolutely. It's the that'll connect you to the road. It, w- it absolutely will. And here's the thing: is cool thing is that you have the option of turbo on those things too. Oof, that's fun. So you've got the five, you've got the three, the five, the thirty, the fifty, the ninety, mm-hmm. and then we have the seventy that's about to start dropping as well. Tell me a little bit about the seventy. So it's Give just like the seven. ninety without the third row. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you get the it's two rows, so you have uh, more more uh, cargo space and. Uh, a couple different color options in there, plus uh, in diff- different interior options as well. So yeah, it's going to be a nice car. And then 
we're going to be getting the 50 hybrid here soon, too. Woo. Hey, how many times have you had to hold good on the forever warranty word? Like, how many times has somebody come in and they're like, uh, transmission's gone. I've had this for, because what are well, we with, now, with, 10 years, 8 years? Yeah, what are we on the full with time? With Mazdas? I, I don't see it very often, but I've had to definitely honor it on, on some other brands. Have you? Yeah, for sure. There's no question. But it's okay. They just come in, and absolutely, it's a, it's hassle-free. It's well, literally in there. Cool. We got you handled. I do want people to know, too, that it, that forever warranty is offered on some of the used cars fleet. In fact, my wife, when she bought a car from Jake just recently, you guys put the forever warranty on that vehicle. Yep. And that's a really nice, comforting thought. Yeah, absolutely. Here's the thing is that you want to make sure that the vehicle you're in is going to be dependable and reliable for a long, long time, right? And you're not going to have to worry about putting in a $7,000, $8,000 engine or a five, $7,000 transmission, right? You know, that you are always going to be taken care of on that. It's not something you're going to have to worry about. That's a peace of mind if you ask me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the fact you're just handing it out free of charge is, is ridiculous, too. Absolutely. Because yeah, it's, it's, it's free on, on every car that, that you come in by here that obviously... Uh, you know, has to qualify for the forever warranty, which means we put it through a rigorous process through the shop to make sure, you know, first of all, you're buying a great vehicle, and second of all, that it is warrantyable. $2,500 off. $2,500 off on any new car if you come in and say, you heard it on the radio. I'm not doing this for anything else besides for the radio. Mm. Let's do it. But you have to mention Hans and Scotty to get it. And, and again, Jake, I just want people to go down there and just test drive. Look, I... You know, a couple of years ago, uh, when you got the gig there at Mazda, and you and I have gone back decades now, and uh, and I banged up the vehicle that I was in, and you're like, here, you know, while we're fixing that, why don't you drive this thing? And it was a five, and I'm, I'm in the middle of Sardine Canyon in the middle of winter, and that thing's driving like a dream. I mean, it's it's amazing, a vehicle that that uh, that can handle like that in the snow, all-wheel drive. And then you throw that turbo option on there. That five, man, that's a that's one of the best kept secrets out there. I love driving that thing. Yeah, and here's the thing: we can accessorize the heck out of it too. You want a lift on it? We put a lift on it. You want the cool aftermarket wheels and tires, the bigger wheels and tires for, you Ooh. know, off roading or whatever. I know a guy who has that. I don't know what his name is. I, I bet it's... that would be nice. <laughs> I bet that would be really nice, especially maybe all black too. Yeah, all black. You know, blacked out with black tinted windows and black everything. Oh, it's gorgeous it's an absolute gorgeous vehicle i bet that dude's badass whoever that is <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a raiders fan. Uh, it's a raiders fan right there right lloyd <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well get get down there check it out it's uh tim daly moss in south town jake you're the best man we appreciate it good luck with hey, everything thanks, guys. And, uh, we appreciate you guys we'll talk here soon coming up jj and alex next uh stevenson sylvester hanging out with jj straight ahead 97.5 dksl sports zone